If you think back and remember all the way to the first Sunday of Lent, the first, sun, the first reading on that Sunday was from Genesis 3, in which we heard the sad, the tragic, the devastating account of our first parents and their fall. The temptation of the serpent, the most cunning of all of the creatures, coming in and questioning Eve. Did God really tell you that you can't eat from any of the trees of the garden? When you think back to the fact that Eve is even there in the first place, you have to go back even further into Genesis, into the first chapters, in which God casts a sleep over Adam, takes the rib from his, from his side, and forms out of that rib woman, the woman, Eve, right? And uh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You know, it's not good for man to be alone. Adam was no longer alone. He had Eve. The two of them were together, enjoying the glories of the Garden of Eden. They're together, and then, of course, that temptation comes in. The devil asks that question, did God really tell you that you can't eat from any of the trees of the garden? Putting that doubt in there of God's goodness. God, who made Adam out of the clay of the earth. God, who formed Eve out of the rib from Adam. God, who loved them into existence. God, who made the Garden of Eden. God, who gave them everything. They allowed for that doubt to come in. And the thing is, Eve takes kind of a starring role there in Genesis 3 in having the conversation with that cunning serpent. But the question comes up, where in the hell was Adam, right? Where is he while all of this is going on, when bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh is being tempted by the devil? Why didn't he do something? Why didn't he flee it away? Why didn't he respond to the question? Why didn't he step up? Was he lazy? Was he indifferent? Did he not care? Was he also doubting, for whatever reason, our first father failed? He didn't love his wife enough to protect her. He didn't love her enough to shoo off this you know, serpent that was causing all of these problems. He didn't love God enough to do what he was made to do, to love God with all that he had, to love Eve you know, with his whole heart. No. Adam failed. Our first parents fell, and we found ourselves in the state in which we find ourselves now. But the great difference that we have is we have hope. Why? Because of what we just heard. And on this day that we call good, we experience that hope to the fullest. And that concluding, those concluding lines that give us the setting of where all of this happens is a key to the way that God has entered in to set things right that once went wrong. Now, in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden. A garden. The same setting that found our first parents falling. The same setting in which God was showing them all of this love, and they doubted. What happened in that garden? When our Lord fell asleep in the death of the cross, his side, too, was opened, just like Adam's. But rather than there being a a rib removed and a woman being formed, instead out of his side flowed blood and water. The symbol of the Eucharist and baptism, the symbol of the church, his bride, being born out of the crucifixion in the garden. Here came the church. And unlike Adam, 
who lazily or fearfully or for whatever reason didn't step up, comes the new Adam, Jesus Christ, who defends his bride all the way to the last drop of his blood, who lays down his life for her. Jesus Christ who shows us how to love so perfectly. And as we hear every time we celebrate a marriage in this church, that a husband is called to love his bride in the same way that Christ loves his bride, the church, giving his whole life for her. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we know that even though Adam stayed away out of fear, laziness, cowards, whatever it was, he stayed away and refused the challenge. Our Lord took on the worst that the devil, the worst that the world, the worst that all authorities could throw at him, all of the terrible things we've just heard recounted in the Gospel of John, the terrible accusations of the high priest, the slapping in the face of Jesus by the temple guard, the horrible treatment by the soldiers, the cowardice and ridiculousness of Pilate, who finds no no crime in the man, and yet has him scourged, and yet hands him over to his death, even though he finds no wrong in him. All of these terrible things, right down to his being nailed to the cross, our Lord takes them all on. And what do we anticipate right now? Is knowing the fact that even though the world, the devil, sin itself, has thrown everything that it has at the new Adam, at Jesus Christ himself, death itself is thrown upon him, what are we preparing to celebrate? The great knowledge, the fundamental hope that we have of knowing that all of the worst that the devil could do, all of the challenges that were thrown at us, the bride of Christ, his church, our Lord stood up against them all. And in the end, he is victorious. As we meditated on last night, he loved his own in the world and he loved them till the end. He continues to love us as well. Remember, he promised, I am with you always until the end of the age. He continues to defend us. He continues to lay down his life for us. Continues to give us his presence in the Eucharist. Continues to take down the devil. My brothers and sisters in Christ, don't imitate the example of our first parents. Eve, entertaining the doubts of the devil. Adam, laying on the side out of cowardice or laziness or whatever caused him to not take on the challenge. Rest assured, we have the great love of our Lord. The love that never fails. The love that we celebrate today that we know is ultimately victorious. A love that is willing to lay down everything for us. That will not shy away from any cost, but rather to the very end, loves us, loves you, and loves me. I don't know what else the devil has to throw at us, what sorts of sins and cruelty and evil may be out there, but what I do know, on this day that we call good, we know that God made man, Jesus Christ himself, went to the very end for his bride, the church. The church in which you and I, sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, part of his body, the church, are part of his bride. What he ultimately laid down his life to save. There is no better news than that. So ultimately, today, we call it good because we're reminded once again that his love goes all the way to the depths of whatever 
the devil may throw at him, all the way to the depths of despair, and is victorious. Jesus Christ loved his own in the world, and he loved them till the end. No matter what may be on the horizon for any of us, we know that that love is real. We know that that love has been victorious. Let's continue to celebrate that love, to stay rooted in that love, to know no matter what may cause us fear and anxiety, it cannot stand up against the love that laid down its life for us, and as we know, rose from the dead. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.